Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Measured Direction. As you can tell from Tom laughing in the background, this has taken me a couple takes, but I feel like this is the only one that sticks. So what this is, is Measured Direction is a digital analytics and marketing strategy podcast produced by myself, Jason Rose, a content strategist here, and our leader of our analytics practice, Tom Miller. I don't know if you saw our kind of kickoff pilot episode video, but this podcast is really about just addressing analytics questions and any kind of marketing strategy that questions that we have. So this first episode, we're going to address internal questions that we had here at Digital Surgeons. But in the future, we really want you guys to write in and let us know what you want to hear about in the future. I guess, should we just start with the first question? Tom, do you have anything you want to add or introduce yourself? Or what did sure, I miss I'm out Tom on? Miller. Uh, I'm our analytics practice lead here at Digital Surgeons. Um, we are setting this podcast up to answer practitioner level questions related to digital analytics and marketing effectiveness, really. Um, marketing strategy, you know, focused on digital channels. And uh, we, let's get started with the questions. All right, sounds great. So I guess the first question that we had come in is, you know, someone who's just getting started in digital analytics, what kind of recommendations can you give them for learning discipline and just the programming language that they need to execute it? Okay, wow, that's a great question. Um, so we've solicited these questions from internal folks here at uh, DS, Digital Surgeons. Yeah, so this is, a, I mean, this is like a perfect kickoff question for this episode. So, you know, I, I'm going to give sort of an insight into how I got started with digital analytics, and we'll, we'll take it from there. <laughs> now, I think hands-on experience is the best. I learned being a hands-on practitioner you know, one of the easiest things that you can do is to find uh, analytics software. And fortunately for uh, us, that one of the most popular and most widely used pieces of clickstream analytics software is Google Analytics. And that is free. So what you can do is if you have a blog or if you have uh, a website that uh, you might have access to that is getting some traffic, Go ahead and install Google Analytics. There's there's really no risk to the current function of a website to install Google Analytics. Now, getting to the point where you're installing it might require a little bit of technical learning, a little bit of um, access to things that you might not have previously had access to. But that's okay. Um, you know, learning the what we call the implementation side of an analytics tool is important. Um, and it, it does, you know, you can't really understand the data that's being collected until you understand the mechanisms by which it's being collected. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of. Um, so, you know, it, 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 I think you can get pretty far with either getting access to a Google Analytics profile and doing some analysis on that profile, uh, be it on your own blog, on a site that you might have some access to. Etc. Um, so really, before getting super deep in the theory of it, your number one recommendation is just create a Google Analytics profile, go on there, do the certification, play around with it, set it up for whatever kind of personal site you may have. Yeah. Just start getting your hands dirty. You're way in front with the certification. I, I would recommend getting a, you know, a properly implemented Google Analytics profile set up and going into the interface and just getting a feel for the types of data that's being collected. You know, Google does a really great job of producing a whole mess of content related to not just its tool and its tool set, but this idea of modern digital marketing strategy. In fact, I, I think Google is probably 
driven the ball forward on that discipline perhaps more than any other company. Um, so they are, you know, they're very transparent. They win when people are executing on digital marketing because a lot of their digital marketing budget flows into Google. That's that's sort of Google's angle with with the whole marketing suite that they've produced. Um, so, you know, that's sort of step one. Um, you know, I, I think there there's opportunity to then extend this technical knowledge into uh, starting to get to understand, you know, the the business context for why Google Analytics is a widely used tool. And one great way to do that is that there's an organization called the Analysis Exchange. And what that organization does is it pairs uh, students of digital analytics, so people that are sort of new to the field or just starting out in the field, with mentors um, and nonprofits that are seeking some help with their digital analytics. So I've been a mentor with this organization for, I'm not sure, maybe, I mean, several years, maybe 10 years. I don't, I don't know if that's possible. Um, for years. And I've probably worked on seven or eight of these projects. And what you do is you basically work on a very discrete question um, with a student. The student creates and in some cases identifies a problem, creates some analysis around that problem, and then creates a presentation that is uh, presented to the lead stakeholder of whoever the nonprofit is. Um, it's, a, it's a really great little mentoring program. Um, you know, it's, it's limited in scope. So if you're, you know, if you're working a day job, you know, you're talking about a project scope that is in the low tens of hours, I mean like 10 hours, you know, 20 hours at the most over the course of several weeks. So anybody should have the time to be able to do it if they're, you know, willing to invest a little bit of time in their own digital analytics education. And, um, you know, you're also helping out a worthy organization, right? A, an organization that is helping other people out by their, by their mission. Yeah, sounds great. So where would where would someone go again to find that and get involved with sure, that? Sure, sure. So it's run by a um, an analytics consultancy called Web Analytics Demystified. And if you just Google um, Analytics Exchange, it'll come up. All right, Analytics Exchange. Yep, and um, I believe the URL is something like Web Analytics Demystified slash AE. All right, cool. Yeah. Is there um, any uh, you know books you feel like you should maybe plug oh, that they should pick up? And, abs uh... Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I think the the great the best starter book is still uh, Web Analytics 2.0 by uh, Avinash Kaushik. Uh, I think it's the must read introductory book for digital analytics. He really um, has a relatively vendor neutral breakdown of a lot of various aspects of web analytics. So, I mean, he's, he's an excellent digital marketer. Um, he's a blogger, prolific blogger, but this book that he wrote, uh, you know, at least five or six years ago, it might be a little bit dated with the tools, but the underlying theory is sound and will be sound for the foreseeable future. And he goes over things like clickstream, voice of customer, competitive analysis, 
um, really the, the, the whole spectrum of digital analytics, um, you know, sort of intro practitioner level digital analytics, um, you know, really, really excellent book. Uh, if you are focused on Google Analytics, um, I'd also recommend Brian Clifton's book, Successful Analytics. It covers a lot of those sort of driving business value questions, uh, a lot of those organizational and process-oriented questions, which sort of as you get into the discipline of digital analytics, you realize that the discipline is really about business process, aligning teams, and not really so much about the tools. Um, that's really the hardest part about digital analytics. Um, Do you think that's a problem that a lot of practitioners become tool obsessed and they kind of lose sight of that, that the general underlying themes and theories are why they're doing what they're doing? Or I, I think a lot of organizations become tool obsessed. Um, the analytics practitioners themselves are kind of fighting against that. And... Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's sort of, you know, since, since the discipline has been um, created, it's sort of been an ongoing discussion, right? It's, it's tools versus people in process. And, you know, the consensus among the practitioner set is that it's, it's really 10% tools and 90% people in process. And I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, I think that um, these things that marketing analytics need to be successful and to flourish within an organization, organizational alignment, um, stakeholder buy-in, executive sponsorship, uh, you know, team ownership, these things are much, much more difficult to pull off than a simple, um, you know, even a TM tag or whatever. In right. Even, yeah. a, even a super complicated implementation of a clickstream tool um, you know, that, that's a problem that you can throw dollars at, right? Yeah. The, or time at the, <laughs> the organizational alignment actually takes, you know, it takes, it, it, it takes a different type of currency, right? It takes a social currency to, to be able to understand and manipulate and align to effectiveness. And it, you know, it, it, in, in some organizations, you know, particularly bigger organizations that gets to be really, really challenging. Um, so I, I'm sure that this will be an ongoing topic of, of this podcast. Before um, we get back into me asking you about programming languages and finishing up the rest of the question, sure. I do want to apologize to any listeners that are hearing some background noise and construction going on. We're not actually drilling while we're doing this, but we're fortunate enough that we're expanding our offices next door. So that's the occasional hammering or drilling that you may be hearing. <laughs> So back into answering this question. Sure, sure. Um, so let's let's keep going. So so what else about learning discipline? Um, there is a trade organization related to digital analytics uh, called the Digital Analytics Association. Conveniently enough, um, you know, I I certainly think that they are a pretty valuable gateway to a community, um, a gateway to learning resources. Um, you know, with a DAA membership, I'm a member. You get thought leader conversations, you get discounts to conferences, you get discounts to graduate degree programs, which are, which have been set up to, you know, support, support the discipline so that, you know, there, you can get a graduate degree uh, from several universities in the U.S. and in Canada in digital analytics or digital intelligence or, you know, what have you. Um, the community is, is also, um, how you are going to advance and accelerate your career. The digital analytics community is an open community. 
it is a nurturing community. Um, right now, I would say that the best way to gain access to the community is through the Measure Slack. Um, the Measure Slack is at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash add measure Slack. Um, if you don't know what Slack is, um, I don't know, I'd recommend you Google it. Uh, we use it at DS. Um, you know, the I've got three Slacks that I'm a member of, and it's, I guess some people would speculate that it's going to replace email someday. I don't think that that will happen, but it is an, I guess I'd call it an enterprise-grade instant messenger. Yeah, it's really like, uh, you can almost think of it as like a Facebook for work, where it becomes the central communication hub that everyone goes into, and they're building other integrations in there, so everyone kind of more or less goes to Slack first, and then ends up being able to get done whatever they need to or communicate how they want to. How do you like it? I really like it so far. I mean, I'm not going to drop the messenger service we were using before we switched to Slack, but Slack has been a nice change. And yeah, I feel like it's increased productivity. I don't know. I feel like the channels are relatively uh, good at keeping communication out in the open and keeping kind of backroom or private stuff at a minimum. How about you? Enjoy it so far? Or? Oh, yeah, sure. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Just your favorite? <laughs> it's uh. Well, were you using Slack then before we implemented it here? When you had I the, was, yeah. yes. Yes. Um. It's it's great. I don't know. It's it's it, I'm amused. I'm bemused by it. Um, so the, so the other you know another great resource for somebody starting out is hashtag measure on Twitter. Um, that's sort of another place where the community posts a lot of content. Um, you'll see a lot of the same articles getting tweeted multiple times. You know, a lot of classic articles get tweeted from time to time. It it's great. I mean, you can learn you can learn a lot. A whole lot about this discipline from the blogging community. So I, I, you know, that's sort of how I would get started: um, is read a lot, you know, read some books, read a whole lot of blog posts, um, get to a point with a tool, you know, a, a freely accessible tool, where you're you're able to actually perform some basic understanding of what's going on with a website, and then get to a point where you're doing some basic analysis with a website. Go ahead and do whatever hands-on things that you can do and look within your own career for opportunities to extend what you're doing with some um, intelligence that's based on web usage or the people that are using your website. Um, programming languages. Oh, man. I, I, I don't know if I'd lump these two questions together, but that's how we got them. So, you know, the tags for a clickstream analytics tool and a lot of, well, every marketing tag and platform that's being used online is is driven by JavaScript, by JavaScript tags. When you hear about tags, you're actually hearing about snippets of JavaScript that are executing within a browser environment. You can learn JavaScript. I mean, JavaScript is a programming language. Um, if you're interested in getting more into using a scripted language for data analysis, um, you know, I'm, I'm a R developer, I'm a Python developer. I mean, if I had to choose one to say learn, it's learn Python because it has nearly universal ap applicability to any other types of programming tasks that you might want to endeavor to do. It, you know, both R and Python are easy to set up in any environment, um, and they're generally free to learn. So the 
the documentation and the community support is certainly there for both R and Python. You can find a question, an answer to any question. I've not been able to not find a question related to R or to Python on Stack Overflow. So, you know, there's there are literally millions of people using both languages, and they're running into the exact same problems that you might be. If you're working at any type of enterprise where you're using a database and you're doing data analysis, well, you're probably going to want to learn SQL, right? Um, what SQL does is allows you to pull queries. Well, it allows you to create queries to pull data out of a database. Um, you know, it's an extremely helpful, extremely useful, or a requisite language to know uh, for certain roles within organizations and and you know a lot of database driven marketing um, and really you know operations or you know there's a there's a multitude of uses for SQL now you know in some cases you might be a layer removed from that right you might have a developer writing applications that is pulling data out of a database and presenting it and the the mechanism by which it's pulled is SQL but you don't really get visibility into that because you're using an application that's pre-pulling the data for you, right? But it is extremely useful. It's It takes a while to, to really fully understand what you're doing with SQL. And, you know, my recommendation for anybody learning SQL is to also do, do some reading on set theory and do some exercises that are absent... Um, you know, programming language exercises, but really just directly relate to set theory. And what set theory does is it really helps you fully understand uh, certain operations in SQL, like selects and joins and, you know, pretty much everything else. Um, so I would, I would certainly say that learning SQL does open up a lot of different types of roles to somebody that's doing digital marketing. Um, it, you know, it's just a question of where do you want to work and what role do you want to work in, right? BI tools are sort of the same thing. If you want to, um, you know, work in certain types of organizations, typically larger enterprises that have a BI tool um, as their basis for their, um, you know, business intelligence team, well, you could learn how to develop on that tool and develop reports that come out of a data warehouse or some other, you know, large data source within that organization. Great. So I, I feel like I've talked a lot about this, but yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like there's a natural <laughs> kind of segue into our next question. Here. Oh, okay. So let's What's assume, next question? let's assume I've, I've gotten my hands dirty in Google analytics. Uh -huh. I've read web analytics, successful analytics, um, on the Slack, um, learning the programming languages. Awesome. So what are the biggest mistakes that I can now make when I'm really starting to develop my, you know, first testing program and really getting into it? Oh boy. Okay. So testing program, what are the biggest mistakes that you make when you first, when you're developing a testing program? Well, I, you know, the number one mistake is not really fully understanding the business context for the interfaces that you're testing. So there most certainly is a, um, a ranking or a, a different valuation for different interfaces across your web presence, across your websites. Um, where you want to be testing is 
in your maximally impactful um, key interactions that are going to have the most the most impact on your ultimate conversion. So like business bottom line then is what you're referring to really that. Of course. So if you're an e-commerce site, you know, it's obviously revenue Um, and it's e-commerce revenue. Um, So, you know, how do you get to, how do you get to that? Because I think one of the other biggest problems is you install a shiny, fancy testing tool. And first thing you do is you pick a page and you know, you start changing all the button colors or something like that, right? And that's sort of the opposite approach. I mean, what what you should be doing, and, and I've done this here and I've done this at other organizations, is really developing a structure and a framework for prioritizing your tests. And so, it, you know, the way that I think about it is I think about the business impact, right, ranked on some scale, um, multiplied by the ease of implementation for any given test. So easy tests that have a low impact might have um, a higher priority off of really hard to implement tests that have a moderate impact, right? It, so, you know, that, that those are the two basic dimensions. I blow it up to five or six different dimensions. Um, but... You know, that, that's a basic idea. And then what you can do is you can say, okay, well, here's, here's my time. Here's how I'm going to allocate my time. Here is the amount of traffic coming to this interaction. So then you can sort of back into how long you want your tests to run and what does the testing cadence look like for any given test subject. And, you know, what What do I expect to get out of it? What's the business impact? Where am I raising the floor, right? I see testing as an exercise of raising the performance floor, um, not necessarily raising the performance ceiling uh, in most cases, but it's, it's really, you know, improving the baseline performance of your website. Um, so, so when you say about raising the floor versus raising the ceiling, can yeah. you go in a little bit more detail about what exactly you mean by that? Sure. So, you know... It, my theory on testing is that what you're doing is that you're you're eliminating a lot of friction. So you're eliminating friction to your key outcome, right? To your positive outcome for both you and your site user. And when you're eliminating that friction, you're not necessarily creating a higher high for somebody that is motivated to do something on your site, right? There's there's this concept and it's sort of a, it, it's a, it's sort of a really interesting way of thinking of your site users. But like some of your site users, if you think if you're an e-commerce site, right? Some of your site users are. It, there's a spectrum of their interest in actually purchasing from you, and a, and a big chunk of the people that are coming to your site are hell bent on buying a specific product from you in that session, and site testing might not necessarily change that intent but if they're running into problems problems with the user experience problems with the actual function of the site um, that is preventing them from clearly being able to say click buy now finish the cart submit the cart that will help right but you're not really creating more of those people with testing Um, another segment of your site might might be 
shopping around and they might be interested, right? So making sure that they have a, um, you know, a, a clear path to conversion is hugely important, but other things might be important like how you're presenting your value proposition or how your product image is, is even laid out or things like that. I mean, you know, again, you don't really know until you start testing what, what is more effective and what isn't for any given interface. Um, and then, you know, another set of your users might not be interested at all. They might be previous purchasers. They might be people that are coming to your site just for product description information or reviews, and they have absolutely no intent to buy, right? And so... So maybe they, test in that case is not going to mean anything because they weren't going to... You're wasting your time trying to appeal to them by... Well, maybe, or maybe, you know, maybe something about your value proposition actually gets them to convert, right? So yeah. so that, that additional level of segmentation, and by the way, that segmentation, you can't... It, it's, it would be extremely difficult to get to that on Clickstream alone, right? So... You know, you're talking about an A-B testing program that is informed by a voice of customer program, right? And, you know, you're sort of, you know that X percent of the people that come to your site fall into these different purchase intent categories, and then you can sort of extrapolate your A-B testing program based on that. And you can attempt to assign them to a category based on some of their behavior, but in a lot of cases, you're not going to know, right? Yeah, you're just so, the best educated guess that you can. And, so correct. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and, you know, all of that is, you know, again, achievable with current technology, um, you know, it, not specific vendor technology, right? I mean, there are many vendors that will help you achieve that type of insight, but that's sort of where where your thinking should be with testing is, you know, what is this overall business context and how do we, how do we really raise the bar of performance for our website? Great. Yep. All right. So that's it. That's all we got for this week, right? <laughs> Woo! Well, if you stuck around this long, thank you very much. Um, you know, I, I'm going to promote our uh, form for submitting questions. It, you know, as of this episode, we are open to questions from the general public. <laughs> so the, uh, the form where you can submit your question to us is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash measured direction. That's the name of this podcast. Um, I'm Tom Miller, practice lead at Digital Surgeons. You can follow me on Twitter at T-M-L-L-R. That's T-Miller without any vowels, T-M-L-L-R. And I'm Jason Rose, content strategist. You can find me at, at JT Rose. That's J-A-Y-T Rose, my Twitter handle. If you want to tweet us questions, use the hashtag measure direction. I'll be sure to find it on there. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's a great idea. Learning <laughs> <laughs> <Arvin>, as we go. <laughs> <laughs> Our podcast uh, was produced by Jason Rose sitting here uh, and mixed by Adam Chambers. That's at C-H-A-M-B-A-Z, Chambers. And be sure to check out his, uh, he's half of a duo called Cam and Sound, really cool local uh, New Haven rap duo. Definitely check them out. All right. Well, thank you very much, and uh, good luck measuring.